0: I'm reading today from the Pew Bible, um, page 1052, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, Word Lord. So today is Mother's Day. I can tell <laughs> a lot of a lot of you are here at the behest of your mother. I know. I know what goes on. <laughs> and while Mother's Day isn't technically a uh, a religious holiday, it's not part of the lectionary calendar or anything. I'm leaving the lectionary calendar because I figure, you know, it's when, when mothers are asked, you know, what, what do you want to do for Mother's Day? When they say, well, I want you to come to church with me, I figure, well, it must have some kind of religious significance in there somewhere. And so today I'm, I'm deviating from the lectionary and uh, spending some time talking about uh, many of the mothers who have been a part of my life. And uh, talking about some other aspects of this uh, and mother 's day uh, you know finds its roots in the faith of our mothers uh, um, Jane mentioned uh, Ann Jarvis, who is a significant person that 's often cited when they talk about uh, the the founding of mother 's day as a as a national holiday but before that, uh, was a woman who wrote Julia Ward Howe, who actually wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic during the Civil War, but she rallied mothers to a Mother's Day of Peace in 1870, and to be and and suggested that a Mother's Day of Peace be held every year at the second Sunday in June. And uh, started that in 1872, and it was much later that it got recognized as a national holiday and, and placed in May here when we celebrate it. But she was disturbed by the war that had ravaged the land and uh, and thought if mothers, mothers can bring a stop to this. And she was concerned about the, the wars that were heating up overseas. And her faith was this, that mothers can change the world and she wrote this proclamation arise then women of this day arise all women who have hearts whether your baptism be of water or of tears say firmly we will not have questions decided by irrelevant agencies I think that's men Uh, our husbands shall not come to us reeking of carnage for caresses and applause our sons shall not be taken from us to unlearn all that we have been able to teach them of charity mercy and patience we women of one country will be too tender to those of another country to allow our sons to be trained to injured theirs powerful words from a wonderful mother <coughs> and this is what she closes with she says in the name of womanhood and humanity I earnestly ask that a general congress of women without limit of nationality be appointed and held at some place deemed <coughs> excuse me, most convenient and at the earliest period consistent. I need a glass of water. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, to promote the alliance of... <coughs> Alright, you're going to have to give me a minute. <coughs> Mother's Day. Talk amongst yourselves. (coughs) Holy cow! (coughs) 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 She was going to get me a what? Okay, there we go. (coughs) I think I got it. Oh, thank you. Cough drop. (laughs) Bless your hearts. (laughs) All right, I got something here. Wow, that's never happened. <clears throat> that's weird. <clears throat> All right, thank you. So anyway, Julia Ward Howe, uh, Mother's Day of Peace, and rallied mothers to change the world. And uh, the mothers we sit with today are are a legacy of uh, her great work. And as I was thinking about motherhood and preparing for today, I, I you know, I look back and with thinking about all of the moms in my life and there were quite a few actually and uh, some uh, related to me some not related to me and we all have those those kind of surrogate mothers who who enter into our lives. I think of my grandmother Price who I didn't really know all that well Uh, you know I she she came around every once in a while they uh, they didn't travel out to see us very often we didn't travel out to see them but she was the wife of my grandfather, who was a Church of God and Holiness preacher, which uh, if you know anything about that, uh, it, it was a very stoic lifestyle. They didn't own any televisions, and uh, uh, he and I would have had a lot of interesting theological conversations, I'm sure, if uh, he had lived long enough to see me ordained. But uh, my grandmother, was, he was a he was kind of a, a a raucous guy with a loud voice and and had a lot to say about everything. <clears throat> I don't know anyone like that, but uh <laughs> but my grandmother was just this this sweet gentle spirit that that always brought some sense of of civility to every conversation and uh always seemed to be so gracious toward uh, anyone who was around and always brought us back to um, not, our, not our manners but our best behavior just in her presence and her way uh, she was an interesting lady uh, grandpa would get up and do and invite grandma to do a prayer or something like that and she just had such a quiet voice so you could barely hear her anyway and then grandpa would be uh, behind her, kind of going, mercy, yes, Lord Jesus, and and you couldn't hear a word my grandmother was saying to, but you know I trust from my grandfather's affirmations that it was good stuff, but uh, you know she was just such a quiet uh, little thing, and um, so much so was her demeanor uh, prim and proper and all of that that when they went on mission on a mission to Haiti. They wanted to smuggle into, Haley, into Haiti birth control because birth control was outlawed there. And so my grandmother smuggled drugs uh, into Haiti. She's a drug smuggler, my little grandma. Isn't that crazy? And, uh, uh, and brought birth control to Haiti so that uh, the folks in the, in the mission there could hand it out to, the, to, to folks to do some planned parenting. <clears throat> And then I have another grandmother, my grandmother Canning, who was almost the polar opposite of Grandma Price. Grandma C was a large Wagnerian woman with, uh, with who was, you know, quick to give offense, quick to take offense. She cussed like a sailor. She used to sit in uh, our guest room and cuss at the mail that she got in the, you know. I want, and and she would just go, what in the, and the, you know, the, and, and when we played cribbage, she would call me names, and I, you know, I don't know what that was, what, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, Grandma, you're so mean. <laughs> But she, she hated losing at cribbage. <laughs> and she loved life. Oh, Grandma loved life. She, had a, she would suck it up. She loved to travel. She always dreamed of going to England. And I don't think she, she never made it. But she, we always talked about how we were going to go to England one day. And she would come pick me up in the summers in her little red, it uh, uh, wasn't a Camaro, it was a, uh, well, she had this, this hot red car, right? And uh, me and her dog, peanut butter, we'd zip across the the states and we'd go up to Seattle and and uh, Spokane where she lived and I'd spend the summer up there she laughed out loud and cussed out loud and uh, she was just a a person who 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 lived life out loud right and uh, uh, she's also you know she raised my her three children the oldest of which is my mother she raised them all by herself at a time when that was unusual my grandfather my mother's dad died pretty early and she was left to raise these three children and her family tried to talk her into giving her children away now I can hear her cussing now in the midst of that, that suggestion. And they, you know, she was a lunch lady at the, at, the, uh, at, the, at the Air Force Base there, and they raised rabbits, and they were poor. But she fought to keep those children, and she raised them on her own. She was a tough old broad, and uh, just loved life. And she taught me so much. And I thought of this verse when I think of her. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for each other. That was my grandmother. She, she gave of herself uh, for others so easily. And I think of my own mom, her daughter. Uh, and my mother, <clears throat> uh, again, is very different than my grandmother although i've heard her string a few words together <laughs> every once in a while a little of my grandma comes out with my mom right <laughs> but uh my mother is a is a very proper lady and she has brought worrying to an art my mother worries about all of us children so much and she worries about our grandchildren she worries about dad and she worries about and and if you like we can we can give her your problems and she'll worry about you she'll put you on the list and uh, just take care of it uh, my mother does a funny thing like uh, you know I'll mention someone struggling with something uh, and we'll, I'll share a story with her and for years she will ask about it so how did so and so how did that all work out did everything go okay I mean she'll she'll hang on to those worryings for many many years and uh, and has really perfected worrying and brought it to an art and, um, you know, needless to say, I was, I, I, growing up, I felt a bit overprotected. I felt like I was, uh, uh, I was being watched over very closely. But like all mothers, mine never wanted me to experience any bad things. And yet, she could be tough too. She allowed me to experience the consequences of my choices and decisions, and then was always willing to be there when it was all over and everything had fallen apart like all good mothers mine was always there when I needed her the most Um, she's always been a shoulder to cry on a reliable person who would accept my burdens a source of sympathy empathy and encouragement And in fact it was my mother when I was debating whether to leave traditional Christianity for another form of Christianity that was not nearly as life-giving as this one is she uh, i i told i talked to her about it and you need to keep in mind that my parents were not religious they didn't go to church but uh, she pulled me aside i'm telling her that i'm thinking of i'm thinking of leaving the baptist church i'm thinking of leaving the traditional christian way and she said you know why are you worried about that why are you focusing on what version of christianity you're going to be in she said you need to just focus on your relationship with jesus now for my mother to say that was pretty incredible and it was as if the holy spirit had just talked right through her and this and this veil this cloud left me and all of a sudden i went you know what she is so right why don't i just focus on my relationship with jesus and stop worrying about all the labels we put on it all and which group i'm going to be a part of Wise woman, my mother. Sometimes you just need your mom. I, living in Germany, I, I have to admit, I missed my mom a lot when we lived so far away um, and wanted to be with her. She may, uh, thinking of my mom made me think of this verse, Isaiah sixty six twelve. For this is what the Lord says, like a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. That's my mother. She comforts me. Another mother that's influenced my life is my wife, Robin, who's uh, sitting here today. And, you know, my wife thinks that being a mom is the best job in the world. And I've, I've watched it. I'm not sure I agree with her, but she loves it. She th- and you know what? She thinks Jack and Virginia Grace are just perfect angels. The same way you all you moms think your children are just perfect. Such perfect angels and geniuses. My kids are geniuses. I know I know your kids, we don't talk about it a lot because we don't want to put down your children. But our kids <laughs> are so smart. <laughs> they are geniuses. And just can do everything so well if they just apply themselves a little bit. And she lavishes love on them, and no matter what, they will never doubt that she has an affection and love for them that will never fade. And it won't matter what they turn out to be. It won't matter what they choose. She may want more for them. She may be disappointed in them at times. She may get angry at them, but she will always, always, always love them. This is akin to the unconditional love that God lavishes on us, Amen. I think of the prodigal son story, where this son who has spent all of his money on wine, women, and song decides to come home and is greeted. And he thinks he thinks he's going to get a lecture. He thinks he's going to get a talking down to. He thinks he's going to get uh, a real problem and. Uh, but And so he goes to face his dad, but the dad doesn't chew him out. The dad just runs out to him and embraces him and says, thank God you're home. The, the dad kind of acts like a mom in this instance, right? And Robin reminds me of that. She, she kind of acts that way towards our kids. That unconditional love. Mothers hold a very special place in our lives. Either our own mothers or people who we... Are, who are like mothers to us. So it's not surprising what, that when trying to, descri- <clears throat> to describe who God is, <clears throat> the early formers of Yahweh's thought turned to parenting and parents to describe what God is like. God in most, is most often in the Bible referred to as a Father. Yet I'm convinced of this, that if the authors of the Scriptures were writing today, they would employ Mother. As a more fitting title. Let me make that case for that. In biblical times, it was thought that the man was the source of all that was needed for procreation. Women carried the children, but it was the man that provided all that went into the child. And thus, it was the father who was the source of the child's creation. You can tell men wrote this stuff, right? <clears throat> so, naturally, if you wanted to describe the creator, you would choose to describe the Creator as a man you would choose to describe the Creator as a father because it, it was the men who provided all that was needed to create the child other than a place <laughs> of course we understand that that process is very different now and that it is a mother who not only carries the child but is a crucial component of the child's creation uh, every child is a a mixture between father and mother and and is carried uh, by the mom. So my point is, armed with this kind of knowledge, the authors of the Bible may have found motherhood to be a more appropriate metaphor to describe the Creator. Indeed, it was the ancient Christian mystic Julian of Norwich who said, our Savior is our true mother in whom we are endlessly born and out of whom we shall never come. And even Jesus said of Himself when He was lamenting the coming fall of Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I have longed to gather you to Myself as a mother hen gathers her chicks. The picture here of a, of a hen who's protecting her, her children. And so I guess my, my point is this. In a mother's love, we see the love of God unbounded unconditional, unrelenting. And in God's love, I think we recognize motherhood. A parent who created us, cares for us, who raises us, who equips us for the life ahead and to be the best that we can. We are shaped by this. And the best of what motherhood is seems to find its beginnings. In the God we worship. Amen? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. and Let us run the race with perseverance. The race that is marked out for us by Christ. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank You for our mothers. And we thank you, for you, we, we thank you that You are our Heavenly Mother. We invite You to reveal Yourself to us in the mothers we know. That we may know what real love is. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.